Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where today we're going to talk all things NBA, handicap the association, and get you caught up on kind of the year-to-date in basketball. Spread, it's been a little while since we've talked to the people. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I know that's mostly a football holiday, something we talk about very rarely, and by football, of course, we mean American football. We'll start with this spread. How was your Thanksgiving, and did you have turkey? Of course. It was a great Thanksgiving. I had turkey. It was wonderful. I got both my football games right, so I just went 2-0. I didn't even bet the night game. It's a great Thanksgiving. We also had turkey. It was pretty good. My dad has this uh, thing that's called a big green egg. They're pretty wonderful. They're like these um, combination smoker grills. It's like based on this, um, I forget, some country in Asia came up with basically this big egg design, and it's pretty wild, but that thing's pretty delicious. But I like the sides. I'm a big stuffing guy. Mashed potatoes are pretty good. My dad makes homemade cranberry sauce, which is pretty spectacular. What's your favorite side? Stuffing. I'm definitely a stuffing guy. How much gravy do you put on the stuffing? A little? A lot? None. I don't have None? Any gravy you go at all. dry? I'm a dry guy. Oh, man. Come on. You gotta put <laughs> gravy on stuff. Spread. It's the whole point of the holiday. No, all right. Even on my sandwiches, I go dry. No mayonnaise, no mustard, nothing. Just a simpler, simpler life you live, I guess, Spread. <laughs> yeah, I come from a simpler time. All right, let's jump into the NBA. We thought it would be good to kind of catch up a little bit. We're about six weeks into the season. We thought it would be fun to go through, talk about some of the surprises that we have. Um, You know, it's Tuesday night right now on the East Coast. The Mavericks-Pelicans games just started. I think we'll get together. What do you think, Spread? Should we do a scope on Thursday for the people? Thursday's the day? Yeah. Thursday? I think that's a great day. All right, so we'll do a Thursday scope, give you some pics of those games. But we thought it might be good to check in, talk about some of the surprises so far, do kind of like a six weeks check in on the awards, see who we like for each of those so far, take a look at some of the futures, and and kind of just get ourselves level set a little bit about what's happened through the first six weeks and and what we kind of expect going forward. So we'll start in the Eastern Conference spread. I'm going to list out the top eight teams, and I want to know when I'm done, who are you most surprised is currently in playoff contention? We got the we got the Bucks, the Raptors, the Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Pacers, the Nets, and the Magic. So, you know, who kind of were you most surprised Isn't by? Isn't that the exact eight from last year? That's a great question. I think it is. I'm trying to look. Yeah, the Pistons were out last year. Wow, I didn't even think about that. That is the same as last year. That's pretty wild. <laughs> so I guess I'm not as, I'm not as surprised. <laughs> well, so maybe who are you surprised about in terms of where they are? I mean, for me, what sticks out, of course, is the Raptors there Toronto, at the two seed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't think that they would, you know, obviously start this fast. I was down on them for the season. I expected them to be good, but not 15 and 4 good. So, what do you think about the Raptors here, Spread? Kyle Lowry's been hurt. Ibaka's been hurt. But Siakam just continues to get better and better and better. We spent a lot of time talking about Luka Doncic and, you know, players like that. But Siakam has just raised his game, um, you know, another couple levels over the summer. So, do you think Toronto is, you know, is this real? Are they the two seed in the East, or do you think they slow down a little bit? Uh, they'll probably slow down. I mean, but I think they'll be a top four seed in the East. I mean, the team just looks great. They really aren't missing a lot from last year for, as far as for regular season. You know, obviously they'll miss Leonard in the playoffs, you know, when they need the big stops because it seemed to me that's where he really stepped up was uh, shutting down the other team's best player. But for right now, for the regular season, I mean, this looks like a solid ball club. 
So from a handicapping perspective, talk to me a little bit about how you've handicapped Raptors games so far this year. Um, you know, I mostly focus on smaller markets, but what I've noticed about the Raptors is they tend to start the games relatively slow and then get better and better as the game goes on. They're a great defensive team. You know, I unfortunately don't have in front of me what their over-unders record for the year is, but I would tend to think they lean a little bit towards the under. Um, what have you found in your handicapping of Raptors games this year? Because I know you've picked a handful. Yeah, um... So obviously they do have the great home home court advantage. I think the customs just adding that extra hour on or whatever it takes for them to get through customs add some time on. But one thing I noticed about the Raptors being a young team, um, where when they're on the road they perform fairly well on back to backs. So most times we would have the back to back be a disadvantage. With the Toronto Raptors, I don't have it as much as a disadvantage. They're a young team and traditionally they performed really well on the second end of a back to back. So that's interesting. We do talk about fatigue a lot. So what you're saying to me is when you, you know, hear about Toronto being in a fatigue spot, they're on a back to back, you know, two and three, a four and five kind of situation. You tend to downgrade that a little bit. So you think maybe the market is is overvaluing the impact there for the Raptors? Yeah, I think the market is suggested for them, but they they haven't really displayed that in their player and their numbers. And I'd have to look it up to prove it, but uh, it definitely has shown. Uh, they're pretty good against the spread on the second game of back-to-back on the road. Now, the other team in the top eight that I thought was interesting, I think if before the season you had told us that Kyrie Irving was going to miss this many games, I think we'd be hard-pressed to think of the Nets as the seven seed. But they almost seem to play better without Irving. You know, that's something I've hinted at during the preseason. Um, you know, I talked openly about my uh, upsetness about Kevin Durant being injured simply because I thought this would be just one of the strangest locker rooms in the history of the NBA with both Durant and Irving in the same place, but it seems like Irving's kind of carrying the uh, the flag on his own here. So, what do you think about the Nets? How do you handicap their games? Um, do you think Irving being out helps them, hurts them? Um, how do you think about how the market reacts to that? I don't think it helps them. I don't necessarily think it hurts them as much as most. Um, but you got to remember, Irving's there for the playoffs. He's there, so when they get into one of those tough first round battles, they'll have someone who can go toe for toe and uh, keep scoring when the defensive intensity increases. So uh, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that they're not doing, uh, you know, they haven't regressed without him. But uh, he's not there for the regular season. He's there for the playoffs. So That's something that's important to always make a distinction about the regular season versus the playoffs. When I think about the Nets, I found myself liking a lot of their lines when he's not playing. I think that, um, you know, maybe the price overreacts a little bit because, you know, to your point, he really is there for some of the bigger moments in the playoff games. And, and the regular season for me tends to be more about rhythm and depth and kind of having fun playing together, whereas the playoffs is a little more focused and, uh, you know, more conducive to what he tries to do offensively. So that's pretty interesting. Any other thoughts on the top eight before we look at the uh, seven on the outside? Yeah, I think that Miami is definitely um, – they've been fantastic so far this year, and they've integrated Butler seamlessly. And uh, I wouldn't have – necessarily thought this but i think they're definitely up in there as a definite contender to win the east so you think of them as a championship contender or just a contender to make the eastern conference finals and maybe win a couple games are you thinking about really them having a chance to take it all i think they can win the east all right then maybe this is a good time to check out on this we wanted to talk about futures a little bit if i look at prices for the eastern conference here the heat are 10 to 1 to win the east spread so make the case for me is that a good number and and why all right, here's the case. They match up fantastically with Milwaukee because the best way to stop Giannis is with a zone. They already play a 2-3 zone 
often, so it's not something they'll be implementing just for that game or just for that series. They're very comfortable in the zone. They can keep them out of the perimeter. I mean, keep them out of the paint. They just kind of collapse on the perimeter, uh, bring the extra pressure. So I just love the matchup with Milwaukee. Um, and so if they can slide to the other side, then you get, you know, a Philadelphia or a Boston or a Toronto beating each other up on the other side, maybe not coming in 100%. And now you have your SP for uh, Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat. As a Sixers fan, I'm terrified of the idea of the Heat in the playoffs. I think that Jimmy Butler is going to have a pretty big mental advantage over some of these 76ers, and I wonder how they're going to hold up in that situation. And we always talk about coaching. You can never underestimate the, how good Spolster is and, and what right. he's going to be able to do in the playoffs with some time. So I think you've convinced me here a little bit. You know, Games have started here, so it's going to be tough for us to actually bet these until the podcast is over. But are you going to be trolling the Internet for some Heat 10-1 to to win the East? Uh, I hadn't actually looked at futures till you told me to to check it out for the pod today, but I don't know. Does that seem like a good price to you? Well, I take a look at it here. The Celtics are six to one. The Raptors are seven to one. You've got the Pacers at fourteen to one. I mean, the Heat at ten to one. I like that much better than I like the Raptors seven to one. I like that probably just just about as much as I like the Celtics six to one. I guess at the end of the day, what's the difference between the Heat and the Celtics other than? You know, we've spent the last few years being more confident in the Celtics and their overall talent, but I think unless the Celtics make a big trade or a big acquisition, I wonder if Miami has just as much heat. And, I'm sorry, just as much um, talent and a, a little better roster construction. I think that that's a roster that little that falls in line, kind of knows what it is. I, I like the attitude of that group. I think I like better than maybe the Celtics this year. So I guess what do you think about that? You know, you hear the Celtics are six to one and the Heat are ten to one. Does that difference make sense to you? Yeah, I like the 10 to 1 price a lot better. I think they're pretty close to the same. It's funny, we talked about uh, the Celtics making an addition, and I had been excited about Miles Turner, but boy, did that uh, performance the other night kind of slow the roll on Miles Turner there jumping in to help out against Embiid. So it looks like we're going to need Rudy Gobert in order to stop him because he was able to do a little better the next night. Yeah, I like the Heat at 10-1. to 1. They're a huge favorite to win the division, minus 1,600 right now. That makes all the sense in the world, given how bad the Magic, Magic Hawks, Wizards, and Hornets have been this year. But 10-1, yep. to 1, that's, uh, I'm going to be thinking about that. That might get a little bit of a sprinkle. All right, well, we'll have till the Periscope to decide officially. All right. Now, on the outside looking in, Charlotte Hornets, Detroit Pistons, Chicago Bulls, Washington Wizards, Cleveland Cavaliers, Atlanta Hawks, and the New York Knickerbockers. Can you see any of those seven kind of upsetting the apple cart, if you will, and sneaking in? Um, you know, the name I think that pops out to a lot of people on this list is probably Detroit, but what do you think? So, oh, my bad. So Detroit isn't in the top eight because they were in the playoffs last year. Oh, okay. Then that's that's the one we missed then, yeah, because they were not. Uh, they're not. They're the, uh, they would be the 10th seed right so now. So who replaced them? Well, this obviously shows I don't remember who made the playoffs this year. I guess were the Heat, were the Heat not in the playoffs last year? I'm trying to think. Was Tyler Hero? No, he's a rookie. Uh, yeah, I think no, the Heat. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. The, no, yeah, the Heat weren't in the playoffs last year. Yeah, because Tyler Hero is a lottery pick, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. Now um, that was good deduction. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Detroit will. Um, I don't think they'll they'll knock any of those top guys out. If anyone was to come out, it'd be Orlando, right? Well, Orlando's the eighth seed right now. I mean, if anyone's going to drop out, it's probably them. Um, and you're right, there's, there's not really a contender there. I mean, the Bulls are, are openly having a mutiny against their coach. 
the Hornets continue to be nice, but I can't imagine that there's enough talent there, especially at the top end for that team to continue to win games. The Wizards are, are super fun. The Cavaliers are fun. Hawks games have been kind of depressing, actually. And the Knicks are just the worst. So, yeah, I think the Hawks have been the most disappointing team in the East, wouldn't you say? I don't know. I mean, their, their regular season win total was 33 games. They lose John Collins to um, a steroid or a PED suspension, if you will, for 25 games. There was a, a Trey Young injury earlier in the year. I think that, you know, again, the regular season win total was 33, so there wasn't a lot of optimism to begin with. I think once they get healthy, they'll maybe be more interesting. Um, I think maybe just before the John Collins suspension is up, I'm going to take a look at some of their to make the playoff odds and things like that, and that might be a fun long shot to look at, but... This does seem like a pretty solid eight. I mean, Detroit has the talent. They just don't seem to be able to put it together. Every single year, they just kind of have this group of guys that just, you know, are decaying faster than they can continue to add more talent to, to make up for that. So Detroit's maybe the only team that could sneak their win. But I agree. I, I think we have a pretty solid eight so far. Yeah, that seems about right. All right, let's jump into the Western Conference, the eight playoff teams there so far. Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks, Rockets, Jazz, Timberwolves, and Suns. Now, before this season, we were pretty convinced that the eight playoff teams in the West were pretty solid, and we could not be more wrong about that. The Blazers, Spurs, and Warriors, all three on the outside looking in. Uh, Mavericks, Timberwolves, and Suns being the three teams that snuck in. So as you look at that top eight, I, I guess the Mavericks being the four seed is, is pretty surprising. But you know, what do you think about Phoenix? What do you think about Minnesota? What are your you know, your big surprises in that top eight? I think Phoenix is the biggest surprise, right? I mean, I didn't expect them to turn around. Who'd they add? Ricky Rubio and Frank Kaminsky? I mean, um, right? I mean, that wasn't necessarily the most exciting offseason moves. Yeah, I think and you're right. They we, um, they're looking I, fantastic. If we go back and you know, kind of do an audit on some of our preseason thoughts, I, I think one of our biggest takeaways was you're right. How much we underrated those acquisitions, and how much we didn't realize what Phoenix was doing, or, or what you know maybe they were doing or, or not. But what they ended up doing really was kind of framing the team and putting everyone in positions they want to be in, and how impactful right. some of those additions could right. be. Now. I don't expect Phoenix to stay in, in this in this race. They're the eighth seed right now at nine and ten. You know, we'll talk about the teams that are just behind them, but there's three teams nipping kind of at their heels, and I think at some point they kind of fall apart. Do you expect Phoenix to stay in it and you know be a playoff team? No, I think they're going to regress as well. So, so what do you think about the Timberwolves then? Because um, I feel kind of the opposite way about them. I. I I'm surprised that they played this well so far, but I'm not that surprised. They were, you know, kind of one of my top one, two teams on the outside looking in before the season. Carl Anthony Towns continues to be probably one of the most underrated superstars in the league. Andrew Wiggins is playing good basketball for some reason. Do you think they can hold on to their playoff spot? Yeah, because Towns is that impactful, and he's finally become the player that I expected. You know, when he came out, I thought he was going to be as good or better than Anthony Davis, and that was kind of laughable. Um, up until this season where he's kind of showing like, hey, I am that good. This is my team. You know, I got rid of all the Butler distraction. I'm ready to lead, and, and he's been doing pretty well with that so far. So the Suns and the Timberwolves, both teams that you know were openly uh, were a little down on before the season. Maybe talk to me a little bit of how you've adapted your handicapping process during the season for those two teams. Maybe the Phoenix Suns specifically, you know, because it sounds like we were both pretty down, and you were definitely down on them before the year. So how have you adjusted? You know how you feel about the Suns. What have you changed about your handicap when you look at Suns games? I'm definitely a lot more reticent to 
go against them uh, as, you know, taking the road favorite against them. Uh, before, I had no problems kind of laying the points, even when they were at home. But I'm definitely very hesitant to get in front of the Phoenix Suns when they're a home dog. Okay, and similar thoughts with the Timberwolves, or you know, are you kind of pretty close to where you were before the season with them as well? Timberwolves, I'd say I'm more likely to take them as a home favorite than I would have been before. Before I would have been um, cautious to lay the points, but now I'm I'm a little more confident. All right, and I think the biggest change, you know, to our preseason thoughts here is probably the Dallas Mavericks. You know, Luka Doncic continues to raise his game. Um, he's moving in the dis- in the discussion of being one of the top five, top ten best players in the league. Uh, what do you think about the Mavericks and their top end? Do you think of them as a title contender at this point, or is this just kind of a fun team that um, you know will struggle in a playoff series against some of these better units? Yeah. They're probably a Western Conference semifinalist, right? And they, like, have a tough, um, heartbreaking learning experience here in the playoffs this year. That would be my guess. So you think they can win Kind of like Philadelphia series. did last year. So, so if, if the playoffs are tomorrow, their first-round series is against the Rockets. What, do you, what would you think about a Rockets-Mavericks series? I would think that they must have fallen off in the regular season because they need an easier matchup than that. That's what I mean. That seems like Rockets 4-2 if I'm being nice. Probably Rockets 4-1. I guess at the end of the day, Dallas is a four seed. Do you think they hold on to those, you know, that top four seed? I don't think that they do, and they're looking at a first-round matchup probably against the Lakers, the Clippers, the Rockets, and then either the Nuggets or the Jazz. Can you see the Mavericks beating any of those teams? Yeah, they can beat the Nuggets and the Jazz. The Jazz, I, I wonder about. I think they match up a little bit better. Maybe they could beat the Nuggets... I in both those series, those Luka's teams. the best player on the floor. So that that's an advantage there. Yeah, you're right. And a lot of times that comes down to that. That would be a lot of fun. I kind of hope that when it ends up being one of our 4-5 series because it would be nice yeah. to see them in, in a position to take advantage of those matchups. But either L.A. team, I, I think, really takes care of Dallas definitively. I mean, I think the Clippers probably even sweep the Mavericks. You know, maybe they get the jump. Yeah, but that's sweep. veteran NBA stars. I mean... So. Right, but that's a realistic first-round matchup, honestly, at this point. it's There's a good chance, again, they get the right. Rockets, they need to the Clippers, into the or the four. Lakers. They need to sneak into the four spot and avoid. Absolutely. Because they don't want to go against Harden, Leonard, or LeBron in the first round. They want Luka to be the best player on the floor to have a chance to win. All right, look, looking on the seven teams on the outside, looking in here from the Western Conference, we've got the Sacramento Kings, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Trailblazers, Spurs, Grizzlies, Pelicans, and Warriors. And before we get into this, should we have a moment of silence for the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors? Maybe just for the Spurs. You know, the Warriors are kind of taking the year off. They're going to be on, you know, I think of the Warriors almost as being on sabbatical. Can, can we maybe just put the Warriors on sabbatical for the year? <laughs> are they like our good buddies that like, uh, they went to Europe, but they're just still, still sending us pictures all the time, like in the group yeah, chat. They're on leave. They're, you know, they're, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll be back next but year. They're like, we'll be back, you know, hey, you know, don't, don't kick me out of the group, but. Here's me uh, in Italy. How about the Spurs, though? I mean, do we need to have a moment of silence for them? This is this is depressing. They're seven and fourteen. Our good buddy DB, um, who, if you're not following him on NBA Twitter, you're definitely missing out. One of the sharpest minds and a huge follower of the Spurs. Someone that is always um, more than welcome to give us his honest opinion. And it's kind of sad lately, spread. Hasn't the chat been kind of sad? Yeah, 
See, he's not. He hasn't been beaten down. He doesn't have small market syndrome like me, where we just have no expectations at all. Is that what it is? He's just. It's been too good for him. He's just not quite yeah. there yet. Is he's not used to having a bad basketball team. It's just, man, they stink. They stink out loud. Oh my god! What it's so? What, what do the Spurs do? I mean, you know, the obvious answer is try to move Lamarcus Aldridge or move Demar Derozan. But Lord only knows what you could get for either one of those guys. Yeah, who wants them? Who's who's sitting here thinking, boy, if we only had Lamarcus Aldridge, that puts us over the hump. Well, I, I can't wait for somebody to hopefully clip this out and play it back for us in you know a handful of months as the uh, Spurs go on a, an incredible run and make the playoffs, but. I just don't think it's happening, spread. But, I think that's more likely. That's more likely than someone actually trading real assets for either of those players. <laughs> well, even way. Boston, right? We're, we we talk, constantly talk about Boston has no help in the middle, right? Do, does he actually help them? No, no. I, again, I can't think of one team that would possibly be looking for him, especially with his salary for the next two years. It's it's bizarre. Um, like DeRozan, I understand because wing scoring is always, you know, you can never have too much of that. So. And he's an expiring free agent, at least. So that's a contract that you can move on from next year. Yeah. So three teams, in my mind, are the seven stick out. The Blazers, the Thunder, and the Kings. Um, do you think that any of those three teams can sneak out a playoff spot? You know, because, again, we're a little down in the Suns. We don't think that they hold on to that eight seed. So which are those the three teams that you're thinking about as maybe taking that eight spot? Well, I mean, the Blazers for sure, right? Because they just formed a super team because they have Carmelo Anthony now. That's true. So They've got that fourth superstar. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, always the, actually, it's always the team we've dreamed helpful. of. He's I, actually helping their cause. Well, they're so injured at this point. I mean, anybody who's you know putting up buckets and his shooting percentage has been pretty good. I think the fact that we haven't heard a lot about Carmelo Anthony probably speaks volumes about how good that he's been. Um, yeah. Because I haven't. I haven't seen too much on Twitter about him. I know Kirk Goldsbury put up a shot chart for him earlier today that looked pretty positive. And I think the less we hear about Carmelo is, is more in this situation. Yeah. So you get you get a solid offseason acquisition like that, and this guy's the limit there for the Trailblazers. They're on their way back. So are you, are now, I know you're being facetious here a little bit. I, but do, do I you am think, to a certain extent. I think they can make the 7th or 8th seed. I think you're right. That's... To me, that's the top contender. I love your Kings. I would love to see what they look like when Bagley and Fox get out. I know as tough as it's been for you as a Kings fan to watch Luka Doncic play well, um, Bagley is the guy that for some reason you guys took over the greatest player and arguably to ever yeah. come out of Europe. Wow. Um, and, and wait a minute. Hold on. Don't you have a European GM? I, I, don't even get me started on this. That's the whole reason you'd have a European GM, right? Hold on. I understand I've never... the future. Understand if the future is coming from Europe. It's not, you know, all this AAU stuff. They're actually learning how to win over there. The games actually matter over there. They have, you know, they have a real developmental system. It's unbelievable that he would just go ahead and pass that up. So uh, as much as I know that's tough for you and Bagley gets beat up for that decision, I think he's a pretty good player. You know, Last year when he was playing, um, defensively he was a positive. Offensively he was a good guy for you down low. He was getting a lot of rebounds. I think that when he comes back he's going to be a positive force. You know, Again, it's not going to be the same as Doncic, but let's stop worrying about that. We, we are where we are. It's, we're a few years past that decision now. Um, yeah. And when Fox comes back, you know, you've got a good big man. You've got Fox, somebody that we were really excited about before the season. There's clear. I mean, ways. is Bagley really that good, though? Or is he just a higher page on Collins? 
Either way, he's better than some of the guys that you're playing at that spot. And it, and you're you know, not big on Bielica, or how he says his name. Belitza, yeah, no, no, I'm not big on Nemanja. Quitter on the Sixers, Belitza. <laughs> no, no, I'm not big on him. I just when you look at teams like this, you try to think about what can teams do to raise their level. Everyone talks about the Celtics maybe making a trade. The Sacramento Kings have two really easy ways to to raise their level without having to do anything. Just simply by getting Bagley healthy, by getting Fox healthy, you guys have a chance to improve your team without having to give up any assets. And I think that that is a big step up over teams like Portland and, and Oklahoma City. They're going to have to get creative to make their teams better. Yeah, that's true. I'll be honest. I don't have much. I don't have much faith in Bagley staying healthy now at this point of his career. But so you've we'll given see. you've given up after what? This is year three for for Marvin Bagley. Oh, You're it's done? his second year. Oh, it's his second it's his year. Second so you've, year. Gi- yeah. you've given up after two years. Well, um, he's had what? He's played probably what? Total fifty to sixty of possible one hundred twenty games. Well, you know, I mean, Joel Embiid basically didn't play for the two years first two years. I didn't give up on him, Spread. You gotta have faith. You gotta hope. You gotta you're, you're a better fan than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts here on the teams on the outside looking in? We didn't talk about the Thunder. That was the third team as I brought up as a possible playoff team. I don't feel great about them, but I, I wouldn't be surprised necessarily. Yeah, I don't either. It's been interesting to see. You know, it's funny. You always talk about the Raptors as a sell-off candidate, but I think the Thunder are a team that could maybe have possible playoff hopes derailed when they sell when they sell off here at the uh, at the trade deadline. All right, let's do a quick odds check in before we try to give out some awards here. Um, flipping through, um, but, 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 but the odds for the let's go conference uh, division odds real quick. The Sixers are minus one twenty to win their division. Celtics plus three twenty five. Um, the Celtics actually already ahead of the Sixers by. Uh, it looks like they're actually about the same. The Celtics just. Dude, I was watching the Sixers games. last night, and as much as I want to, like you know, be able to like throw bars at you and stuff, I'm just sitting there like this team is good. Like, it's they're so good. talented. I mean, at the end of the Sixers game yeah. the, the other night, Ben Simmons gets the steal to win the game is just. Uh, yeah. It's everything. It's exactly what the Sixers are. Just. Can't get anything done, can't get organized, can't seem to figure out how to get a good shot. But at the end of the day, just the talent overwhelms you. Um, and they play defense. I think that's what impresses me. They do. They play really, really great defense. So, yeah. for you know, again, the Atlantic. And actually, the division leader right now, the Raptors, plus 250. So, again, Sixers minus 120, Celtics plus 325, Raptors plus 250. That all looks just about right to me. Any of those numbers interest you? I mean, I had Celtics plus 400 to start the season, so I'll just sit on that one. Yeah, nothing there for me as, as well. The Central, the Bucks are minus 4,000. Um, can't see the Pacers catching them at this point. Um, yeah. And then the other division there, the Southeast division, we said the Heat minus 1,600. Hard to see anybody catching them. Looking at the Western divisions here, um, the Northwest, the Nuggets only minus 125 to win the division. The Jazz plus 120. The Nuggets are ready three games ahead of the Jazz. I kind of like that number on Denver. Um, you know, I wish it was even money, but even at minus 125, shouldn't that be like minus 200, minus 250? Again, they're already three no. games up on Denver. No, so the Jazz have already played the sixth. I actually put this in my article because I, I wrote about the Jazz for tomorrow. The Jazz have played the sixth toughest schedule so far. And you're thinking, oh, so far? Well, we were actually already 25% of the way through the season. You know, 
a game a game 20 and 21 you know we're, we're a quarter of the way through um, and they have the fifth easiest schedule remaining and it's really easy the last two months so they're going to be playing a lot of tanking teams there towards the end while Denver is going to be playing some tough uh, Western Conference battles so I think those numbers right on the Jazz I think these uh, odds makers looked at the schedule and, and kind of figured out that that Nuggets need to be about three or four games ahead at this point to have a chance to win it all. That's how different the schedules are. Pacific Division, the Clippers are slight favorites, minus 125. Lakers minus 115. Feels like a coin flip to me. The Lakers do seem focused on winning a lot of regular season games. Yeah, I would take the Lakers there. I'm really surprised. Yeah, I, it's, I lean Lakers, but the price isn't enticing. I mean, is the price enticing for you? Or are you going to be hunting a 115 tomorrow? Didn't we get a better one last last podcast, last time we did this? Probably. I think it was slightly plus money at that point. The Lakers had lost yeah. their first couple games. Yeah. And then the Southwest, Rockets minus 350, Mavericks plus 275, everybody else 20 to 1 or better. That makes about sense to me. I actually wonder if the Rockets at minus 350, well, they have the same record right now, actually. So what do you think about that? At the same record, Rockets minus 350, Mavericks plus 275. Mm. I think that's right. There's no value there on the Rockets. You're probably right. You can't lay 10 to win three. All right, Eastern Conference, the favorite there. The Bucks at plus 150, Sixers plus 260, uh, Celtics 6 to 1, Raptors 7 to 1, Heat 10 to 1. Stop me if you hear anything you like. Pacers 14 to 1, Nets 18 to 1. Anything there interest you? Those all, they look pretty close to the beginning of the season, honestly. Yeah, they haven't really changed much. Still think it's probably a good idea. You could Dutch the Bucks and the Sixers, put them to just bet both of them. Um, I don't know. Again, what do you stand from an Eastern Conference perspective? Is there a team that you can see beating the Bucks and the Sixers in a seven-game series? Yeah, I think Boston and Miami both good. All right, so you're staying away, baby, from putting those two together. I still feel pretty good that it's going to be the Bucks or the Sixers. Uh, you've got me thinking about the Heat though a little bit. Well. Yeah, we'll see. Boy, <laughs> so funny. I really thought that Miles Turner was going to be that midseason addition that helped the Celtics, but wow, that's not the case at all. Western Conference Clippers and Lakers both two to one. You've got the Rockets four and a half to one, and then um, Nuggets eight to one, Jazz twelve to one, Mavericks sixteen to one. I still think it comes down to the Lakers or the Clippers. Any interest in any of those numbers? Not at all. And then to win the championship, Lakers are the small, slight favorite, plus 275. Clippers, plus 300 bucks, plus 450. You get the Sixers, 9-1. to one. Rockets, 9-1. to one. And then kind of everybody else. Anything stand out to you there? Do you like your team there? No. <laughs> really? I don't know. It's... I think they probably do have about the same chances as the Rockets. At this point, watching the Sixers, I think they lose the Clippers and they lose the Lakers in a seven-game series. Yeah, except for they'll be those two teams will be coming off playing each other. And the Sixers will have had to play the Bucks. I mean, and we'll still have Brett Brown. The as Bucks our coach. isn't. The Bucks isn't like they're tough to beat, but that's not like a physical series. It's not like you come limping out of the arena like, oh, tough game with the Bucks tonight. You know, boy, they really spaced us out and stood really far away from from where we are. I mean, I guess you make a point. I just. I, I still I struggle with the Sixers beating either one of those teams, so I'm not right. I'm, I'm, not I'm there just yet. saying the Clippers if they if they do beat let's say they do beat the Lakers, 
they're going to be in there banging around with Dwight Howard, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Like, they're going to be much, uh, you know, physically more beat up coming out of that series than you are coming out of the series with the Bucks. Even, like, the Heat, you know, would be a crappier team to play going against the finals. They'll, they'll physically uh, hang on you and, you know, tire you out more than, I'd say, the Bucks will, who are just going to outscore you and just run by you and say, look at the scoreboard when they're by 21 points. All right, Spread, who do you think is the favorite for the MVP right now? Lamar Jackson. Oh, come on. Are you, just try- <laughs> are you just trying to make fun of Snice? I think you're just going after our buddy Snice. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, yeah, nice. I, was actually, I was trying to channel my inner Andy. I was, that's why I was trying to give some nice uh, smooth delivery there, though. No, but, I mean... Um, well, for a little dab for myself, I hope you're right. I, I may or may not be holding a Lamar Jackson, like, 58-ish to 1 ticket to win the MVP. So. I think you are, if I remember correctly. So, let's see. My MVP is Luka, but that's just because I'm a bitter Kings fan. Um, the real MVP is either Giannis or Harden again, right? So Giannis is the favorite. I'm looking at plus 180 right now. Harden's plus 470. For, for me, it does come down to Giannis or Harden. Um, LeBron's What's having LeBron a really at? great season. Plus 550. He's the fourth favorite there. Okay, um, see, I got him before the season and higher than that. So there's no reason for me to double back in. Yeah, he's kind of switched positions. Davis was kind of five, I think I got him at seven, eight, or 7 or 8 to 1. Yeah, that sounds about right. The only other name, maybe from a big odds perspective, Carl Anthony Towns is, is thirty-one to nothing. Uh, no, no, Brandon Ingram is. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the Pelicans are, are not going to make the playoffs. You kind of have to make the playoff spread to win this award. That's it's kind of how it's going. Has that ever happened? Um, has a team missed the playoffs and the, somebody made the, it's the Thunder made the playoffs the triple double year, right? Yeah, did they? Yeah, they did. So I, I don't think there's ever been an MVP on a team that's missed the playoffs. Even Pistol Pete Maravich? Uh, who knows, Spread? I don't go back that far. <laughs> he was awesome. Do you remember watching him while you were in college? I didn't watch him live, but uh, he was one of the ones that, like, the highlight tapes so we would get around. Back when actually having a tape in your possession was, like, a, a physical commodity. <laughs> I mean, the only big, again, the only big odds name, Carl Anthony Towns, the 31 to you know, if they can get, but he won't get it. He's in, not he popular enough. No, so I, I think what you know from a numbers perspective, I like Harden here. Harden at plus four seventy. I mean, Doncic at plus three fifty is interesting. I just can't see him winning the MVP spread. I can't. They won't give it to him. They won't give him to him right off the bat. And I kind of like that. I got him as most improved player at like twenty five to one. So I'm hoping they give the MVP to Giannis or James, and then Luca gets the MIP award. And, what's what's and my good win. guy, uh, Mr. Siakam at? Pascal Siakam. Gum's name is not popping off the sheet. He is sixty to one. Wow, that's a good one. Hey, wait, it's that's another interesting one. But at the end of the day, I think it does come down to Giannis, Luca, Harden. So, you know, who who would you give it to right now if you were voting for the MVP? Who's your guy? I would give it to Luca, but I think really Giannis you would. Will... I mean, only because that's the big surprise of the year, right? Yeah, but doesn't that mean uh, that doesn't mean he's MVP? I mean, MVP for me is usually the best player on, on the best team, or you know, the the guy who meant the most to one of the best teams. And I think it's hard under that definition to look at anybody but Harden or Giannis. In fact, I don't know if I would have Luca in my top three. I mean, three. don't I would, don't I would the Mavericks LeBron. and the Rockets have the same record? Um, they do. So, but I don't expect I mean, the season to end that way. <laughs> but we're just talking about if it did end right now. 
well, I guess if it did end right now, you, you, you make a point. At the end of the day, for me, it's Giannis. I think he's pretty clearly the, the, the choice. I think Harden has a chance to catch up as the season goes along. So, you know, again, from a numbers perspective, Harden at, at plus 470, I actually see some value there. Yeah, I think the I think LeBron too because if they're coming in and and he's looking at sixty nine to seventy wins, I think it's going to be really hard to deny that he's not the best player in basketball. Not to mention the extra attention that the Lakers get, you know, for basically just doing anything. All right, who do you think is the favorite to win Rookie of the Year? John Moran, right? I mean, pretty easily. Pretty yep. big favorite. Well, not pretty big. He's plus 180. Zion Williamson still plus 210. Then you got R.J. Barrett plus 350. Kobe White's 12 to 1. Here Where's Rui Hashimura? One. That guy's been balling. Rui's 25 to 1. That was one of the names that I had circled on my little sheet there. Rui at 25 See, to 1. I did not think he was going to be good. I thought he'd be good eventually. I, I don't know. I guess. Uh, it's hard for me to know what to do with with some of these prospects that we haven't seen play as much. I mean, we grew up. You remember the guy from Milwaukee who had all the height uh, highlights of playing against the chair, the big tall Asian James. guy. What what was his name? They drafted. Oh, it was like um, in the top um, five. Um, I know who you're talking about. I always thought he was gonna be so good. I can't remember his name on top of my head. That's really bad. It's not like we host an NBA podcast or anything like that. <laughs> Are you looking it up right now for I am, us? I am, I am trying to look that up. This is terrible at this point. This is this is oh that's right. Yi Yi Jian Leon. There he is. Oh yeah. Remember the E Master? So I, I didn't see Rui play that much. I mean, he's he's kind of stuck on the Wizards. They're going to be terrible. <laughs> I'm surprised he's playing as much as he is, but he has a nice game. And if he continues to put up numbers, that's an interesting pick at 25 to one. PJ Washington is 50 to one. I don't know if again Charlotte's going to play well enough. Matisse Thibel at 150 to one. He really should be the rookie of the year. Just defense doesn't matter. Well, but I mean, pick, for actual that impact to your team. What do you think of that number? 150 to one. I mean, he started making threes. If he can somehow but, carve out 15 to 20 like, minutes a I night, defense doesn't matter. It's like what Rudy Gobert was defensive player of the year and he didn't make the All Star team. Like, oh, that's sad. You're right. Right. I'm, I'm just making a point that like defense doesn't really matter when it comes to these awards. Like, but if you're really talking about like what rookie would I most want to have? Like, I mean, he's unbelievable. I'm just sitting there like, gosh, that was the pick we gave you guys. Unbelievable. Like, he's just going to be such a stud for, like, the next five years. Couldn't be happier. He's so much fun to watch. And he he's, he yeah. continues to get better. You know, all his mistakes uh-huh. are the mistakes of a young man, and I think that he's smart, and he's going to continue to learn and grow and grow and grow. I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for gambling as a Kings fan, I wouldn't watch the NBA, dude. It's just so depressing. <laughs> I don't believe that for one second. We got, we got Luka in Dallas. We got Tibble in Philadelphia. It's just like, uh, boy... We're like the guy that sold, like, is that, you know, the guy they tell the story about that sold his Apple stock for, like, 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Sacramento Kings. All right, who's your pick for Rookie of the Year so far? Ja? It's John Rant, yeah. Right, well, no, my Jaw. pick is Tibble. Oh, really? My pick's going to be Ja, but I like If you're just letting me pick who I think is the most influential rookie, yeah. Well, what do you think? Are you going to be looking for some 150 to 1 tomorrow? No, because I know they don't value the same things I do. All right, Spread, who do you think is the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year? I am flabbergasted by this. Gobert again? 
Anthony Davis is minus 120 to win the oh, defensive player of the year. Oh, you got to be kidding me. That's what was on FanDuel earlier today. I took a screenshot off of there. And to be oh, honest, gosh. I didn't look when I did it or else I'd have bet a ton of money on Gobert. Gobert's plus 220. Giannis is 5-1. to one. Isaac, 12-1. to one. Bede, 14-1. to one. Simmons at 60-1. to one. Now, that's an interesting number. He's not going to get it. If he continues to make game-winning steals... Yeah, that's true. I still don't think they'll get it. I think I think it's Davis or Gobert. If they give it to Davis, I'm gonna be so upset. I, it's I'm waiting for. I Davis mean, to... honestly, right? We're both like uh, biased against the Lakers because they get so much attention, and their fans just believe that like the proper way the NBA should be run is they should get the best twelve players, and we should all just be lucky to to have teams. But um, there's no way you can say that Anthony Davis is just a better on the defensive end than Rudy Gobert, right? No, it's it's insane to me. So, I again, tomorrow when these reopen, I'm going to go in and try to – I hope to God Gobert at plus 220 is still there. That's That seems like absolute insanity to me. Um, what do you think? Are you going to be trying to grab some Gobert plus 220? No, because it will just make me mad when I lose even more money and they just give it to people in L.A. because it's like – the idea that if you do something in L.A., it's like three times better than doing it like in a normal arena. I don't know where we got this from, but it, it's it so exists. sad, spread. <laughs> you so and me sad. too. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm always happy to make money. I mean, it's that's that's like you said. If it wasn't for gambling, what would we be doing? So why turn down the opportunity for profit? Good point. Yeah, no, I just don't bet on these because I would get mad. Like at least, like say I bet uh, I have Dallas tonight, right? They're down by 11 points, right? If I lose, well, it's like, well, I just picked the wrong team. But if I lose just because some guys, like, voted something that's, like, obviously true, that would just make me mad, you know? So you wouldn't bet on stuff like whether or not Ben Simmons was in Space Jam 2? <laughs> no. Well, I definitely, certainly, most I know definitely you did. did not, 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 not. Not bet on that. But did you bet on whether or not his girlfriend was going to be in it? That's the real question. <sighs> I wish I could have. I'd have hammered that. All right, we don't have odds for Coach of the Year, but just, you know, speaking extemporaneously here, spread. Coach of the Year, what are you thinking of from a Coach of the Year perspective? As I start to look through the standings, I think some pretty big candidates. I think Spolstra, if the Heat finish with the top three seed, is, is going to be a pretty big candidate. If the Phoenix Suns make the playoffs, I bet Monty Williams is in the conversation. Um Nuggets hold on to a top two seed there. I wonder if Mike Malone starts to get some buzz. What are you thinking from a coach of the year perspective? Brett Brown, right? Stop it. <laughs> That's not funny. I don't appreciate that. That's the meanest thing that you've ever said to me. I'm in private messages, in group messages, on the podcast. That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. And I'm disappointed that Jorge's not here just to laugh. I should I should stop. I that's because I listened to some deep dive before we went on, and now I'm trying to be all funny and clever like Andy. Jesus. Um, That's, that hurts. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. That really did. That hurt. I'm just, uh, you know what? It's, I don't even, uh, I give up. So, it's, so Budenholzer is out, right, because they already did good last year, and this is pretty much just the coach of the most improved team? Yeah, it's actually by that so definition, car- Nick Nurse maybe. Go ahead. Keep breaking it down. Even though I'm mad at you. I, well, I would say I would say I think Carlisle's got a chance, right? Because just who are the most improved teams? Yeah, that's always a good way to look at it. Carlisle. I mean, that's what that's why the the, the it, that's what the the award usually is, right? I mean, it's just kind of a silly award. And it, one of the, yeah, one of the biggest correlating factors to coach a year is who beat 
their regular season win projection by the most. Yeah, yeah, it's just who, yeah, who had the most improvement from year to year on the win total. So, in reality, yeah, you got, I think Nick Nurse has got to have a, he's got to be up there, right? They lost Leonard, Lowry, and Ibaka, and they haven't even skipped a beat. I still think Budenholzer's done a great job in, in Milwaukee, but, you know, they kind of missed that train there. It'll be good that we don't have to read any articles about how it should be Greg Popovich this year. I mean, we might if they turn it around there. It's only... All right, okay, so what, right, what do you think? Come on, g- g- give me a pick here. So you're circling Carlisle. I think I like Spolstra. I think for me it's Spolstra or Nurse. Whoever finishes with a better record, I'm going with that. All right, I'm going Nurse. Just nurse will be my choice. Just to rub the Raptors stuff in my face. This is the worst well, I'm trying to think history who of the Network pod. If, let's say, if it, if it really was, was done right, like who just is the best coach in the NBA, like who would you want to be the coach of your NBA team? Ooh, like, now there's a more interesting I mean, question. I mean, Brad Stevens? Like, gosh, I don't know. I think I'm taking Spolstra. Interesting. I'm starting to look at all the coaches. Spolstra, I think Rick Carlisle maybe is a little older. So I'm going to go around him. Doc Rivers is somebody that I've always kind of gone back and forth on, but he oh, yeah, continues Doc's to produce good. winners. I'd pass on him, him again just kind of because of the age. Budenholzer, I, th- I think, has some limitations and, and will end up being the demise of the Bucks. So, But Stevens, obviously, a really good choice. But you think if, if I could have any coach for the Philadelphia 76ers, if Josh Harris, Michael Rubin, you, you know, you guys are listening here, please try to trade some first-round picks for Spolstra. However many. Let's just do it. Make it happen. Riley would never give him up. Oh, you're right. What if we offered him Ben Simmons for Spolstra? I don't know, dude. I'll do another Philadelphia Sixers hot take. Is Ben Simmons the best player on that team? No. I think he is. I was watching last night. I was like, I think he really is the best player on the team. If I were to split them up, I think I would keep him over Embiid if I made the decision. Well, that's a different question, and I struggle with that all the time because I think Embiid's top end is higher than Simmons' top end, but the longevity of Simmons might be more valuable. Yeah. I was just I was watching him last night. And I'm like I'm just amazed by him. Like his ability to get to the rim. He's just so smooth. Great vision. Uh, excellent perimeter defense. You know, just wow. I was, I was just sitting there jealous. Like, like we won't have a player like this in Sacramento for like 20 years. Well, just become a Sixers fan. You'll have seven o'clock games to watch, and then you know you can watch the Kings games if you want. Still at I mean, I was. I, you know, what's funny is when I when I was a kid, uh, they were my team in the East. That's why I got the Iverson jersey. Maybe I'll bust that out for the next periscope since the white oh. t-shirt didn't go over well. Yeah, what the heck? Come on, folks. You guys need to give Spread <laughs> more crap about his wardrobe. All right, Spread. Do you, do you remember what we were supposed to talk about at the beginning of the podcast that we totally skipped over? Some midseason tournament? The NBA came out with a pretty interesting kind of an announcement. I don't know if it was a formal thing or whatever, but all sorts of interesting things. And I've got the Washington Post article here, and I thought it'd be fun to go kind of thing by thing. And the midseason tournament is on here. Do you subscribe to the Post? No, no, I don't. This is on the Internet. How are you able to read it? Because democracy dies in darkness, but they're behind a paywall. Oh, really? Well, maybe this is like my free article of the day. Okay, cool. Well, either way, first thing up here, reseeding the playoffs. Um, you know, for those of you that um, are NFL fans, I believe the NFL reseeds 
Um, I can't remember if hockey does or not. I think that they might. But basically the concept is, you know, the NBA playoffs today, it actually works like a bracket. It's kind of the same thing as the NCAA. Um, the one seed plays the eight seed, and then the winner of the four five. The two seed plays the seven seed, then the winner of the three six, and the winner of those kind of play each other. But it looks like they would consider reseeding the playoffs as it goes along. So, you know, say, for example, the eight seed ups, upset the one seed and the two seed one. The, things would get shuffled around, and the two would play the eight. What do you think about that spread? I mean, is this what they really think the problem is? The problem isn't the playoffs. The problem is the regular season. Yeah, this seems kind of like a, a funky change. I, I guess the idea here is it kind of increases the the ability of the best teams to continue to move forward. I think one of the things one of the things that I do like about the NBA is it's hard for me to go back and think of a champion where they weren't the best team in the league. I mean, most years it's pretty clearly the best team in the league, and a lot of years it's it's teams where you start to look at it and you go, I mean, the Pistons for me, beating the Lakers in, I think it was 2004, that's kind of the year where you look at it. Maybe the Pistons weren't the best team in the league that year. Maybe it was the Spurs. Maybe it was the Lakers. But they were absolutely in that, in that conversation, and I thought that, you know, when you look at that season, them being the champion is indicative of the season that we had. So I like that about the NBA, and I think maybe reseeding, you know, kind of locks that in even further. It makes it easier for those one and two seeds to advance. Yeah, that could be true. All right, so the, I don't really, I don't think the problems with the NBA is in the playoffs. I think the problem is the lack of urgency in the regular season. So it's just funny that they're coming up with these changes. That I mean. Do I am I supposed to believe that the players in this Mavericks Pelicans game that I'm watching right now are going to try harder if if they reseed in the playoffs or that players are going to take less nights off? Well, to that end, spread it sounds like somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the NBA is proposing kind of an in-season tournament, basically take a break from the season, involve all 30 teams, and have a single elimination kind of March Madness-style tournament here. You know, there would be less games in the regular season, and to make the TV money kind of match up so we don't lose out any games, the extra games would come from that tournament, so we get less regular season games for some teams that might make resting your players less prevalent night to night and things like that. It would also give an opportunity for, you know, some of the teams that might not be finals contenders to have a chance to win a prize. There would be prize money attached to this. There was an update in the last few days. There might actually even be an extra first round draft pick at play for whoever wins the tournament. So so what do you think of this idea from, you know, from a very macro sense in general, the idea of taking a break during the middle of the season for, uh, you know, a quick tournament and, what do you think? How do you think NBA fans are going to think about this? I mean, I don't expect, you know, me personally, this is not going to mean as much as the championship. But you know, as we continue to see more and more of these, I think it will end up being maybe more meaningful than we think at first. So, you know, what do you think of the idea in general? Do you think it'll be fun? Are you excited about it? Um, let's start there then. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. I think, like I said, they, they just don't want to address the real issue, and that's that the games aren't events. And that the media ends up talking more about where the players are going to go than the actual games. I think these are the main issues with the NBA. Like, even now when I read an article about Giannis, it's not about how good he's doing right now. It's about, you know, is he going to end up on the Warriors or will he end up on the Lakers? And it's just like, that's not fun for the people of Milwaukee. And, I mean, I guess it's fun for Golden State fans. I don't know. I don't think it would be. But um, as far as the tournament, it's going to be interesting. Like, does it matter? Like, if I'm, like, the Lakers or the Clippers, do I just lose the first game, like, automatically so I can get two weeks off? That's kind of what I'm wondering. I, I, 
if one of those teams, you know, do the better teams try to win this, or is it an opportunity? You know, as I start to look at, you know, if we go like back to the standings right win? now. So it seems like if you win, there's um, some, there's going to be some pretty big cash prizes for the players. And from a team perspective, it looks like there'll be an extra first-round draft pick at play. And then, you know, you get some sort of a title. Uh, you can hang a banner or whatever. Um, you know, as I start to look at the standings here, it might be fun to see if at this time of the year, maybe, maybe this is a tournament the Heat win. Maybe this is a tournament the Raptors win. Maybe this is a tournament the Mavericks win. You know, Luka gets hot for a couple weeks in single elimination, kind of like March Madness. So would something like that be kind of fun for you as, as you start to maybe frame it up that way? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all going to be fun, right? Because in tournament, we'd be able to bet on it, right? We'd have futures. That's one of the reasons we love WTA is we can reset our futures weekly. Um, so, you know, the futures idea, analyzing the bracket, like all this stuff would be fun. I don't know. You just don't I'm seem just excited curious. about it. You seem like a little I'm, kid that's explaining to me why candy is delicious, but not a little kid that wants to eat candy. <laughs> well, because I just think that the, it's not, they're not really addressing the problems that the NBA is having, and that's just that the regular season kind of doesn't really have a lot of meaning unless you're gambling on it. Oh, that's that's kind of a, a much bigger point, and maybe that'll be a good off-season topic. Get some people in here to talk about that because you make some good points. Um, you know, we're supposed to have a guest on. Unfortunately, our buddy Hanky um, was having some audio issues, and one of the things that we did want to jokingly ask him, Whale, our buddy who was our first guest here, um, that was a really great podcast. Thanks again to him for joining us. I wanted us to ask, you know, is Giannis going to remain in Milwaukee? And it's you're right. As you start to think about the rhythm of the NBA season, most of the discussion is about player movement, not necessarily about the games that are going on. And maybe that's the bigger problem. Yeah, it is. And I just, they're just so short-sighted. I mean, I've said it before. I don't know if I've said it on the pod, but if they dropped, if they dropped the number of games by 50%, they wouldn't make the money up because their ratings would triple. All right. You know, because you'd have to see each game. If we were able to do breakdowns the way that, like, NFL does, where, you know, they're breaking down the tape and they're looking at it from game to game, and, you know, each each team has three or four week, uh, three or four days of practice to actually devise a game plan for that specific opponent, I think, uh, I think fans would love it. It would uh, appeal more to the intellectual side of the NBA because that component of fandom is definitely out there. You look at the, the thirst for analytics shows you that there is a desire to – to consume this game intelligently. I've always wanted the NBA to go the way of uh, European soccer leagues, or really just soccer leagues around the world, in that you play kind of every Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you have a weekend game. And I love the concept of relegation. I think it would be really interesting to see the NBA. Yeah, we've, that's that, yeah. we've got 30 teams right now. You add another 10. You know, I think we could come up with 10 cities that could support NBA teams, and you have two leagues. And that's what really yeah. makes the regular season work. You have teams fighting to not get demoted, teams fighting to get promoted. I wonder if a bigger change like that. And and that's why I like to hear Silver when he talks about it. He seems to be very jealous of what uh, European soccer and world soccer has. And I wonder how much of that stuff we can build in. Yeah, so, you know, the, game, the thing is, it's like the game itself is awesome. You know, it's like everything that, like, pisses me off, like, wants the game on. Is on like it doesn't really bug me, you know. It's a great, but it does kind of bug me while we're building up to the games. It's the greatest sport in the world, played by the greatest athletes in the world. Spread now the third part of this proposal: a playoff play-in spread. 
The seven seed would play the eight seed. The winner of that game would make the playoffs. And then the loser of that game would play the winner of a game between the ninth seed and the tenth seed. So we'd have a little mini tournament just before the playoffs started. What do you think about something like that? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, the plans of wild card games in baseball have been great. They have. I think the so games would be I... fun, and I think it addresses a yeah. little bit the problem of caring about the regular season. You know, instead of shooting for top eight now, you're shooting for top ten, so there's there's a bigger ability to get in. Yeah. And you start to look at those games, you know, the, the seven and eight seed game right now, you would have the Nets play the Magic, and then they would play the winner. The loser of that game would play the winner of Hornets, Pistons. You know, maybe that's not so much fun. But then you'd have Timberwolves, Suns. <laughs> you'd have Timberwolves, Suns, and they'd play, the loser of that would play the winner of Kings, Thunder. That's pretty fun. I just, I think it gives a little more legitimacy to the regular season. So three pretty interesting ideas. I like the idea of the midseason tournament. I think that could be a lot of fun, but I think you make a good point in that. It's a way to improve the season, but maybe not fix the overall problem. Right. Yeah, and you know what? It might be one of those things where after like a couple a uh, couple years of it, once like I'm used to it, I love it. You know. It seems to me though, you'd be better off having it be right in February, right when the Super Bowl ends. I, I wouldn't want to go against the NFL for this something like this. Yeah, Thanksgiving through Christmas is kind of an interesting time choice. I think that if it was kind of a week-long event, I wonder if they could fit into a week or two weeks. Maybe that would make a bigger difference, and you kind of have like a March Madness effect where, you know, Thursday, Friday, we're talking about games and stuff like that. But um, yeah. I'm curious to see how they schedule it. I think you make a good point. Maybe like the first couple weeks in January, you know, even get it in before the Super Bowl would be interesting. Definitely. All right, Spread, anything else to cover here before we wrap? Again, we'll be doing a Periscope sometime Thursday. Um, hopefully, we'll do it noon Eastern on Thursday. Worst case, we'll do it 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, I think. Um, but anything here before we wrap up uh, this podcast? We did pretty good on the last Periscope. Yeah, we did. I look forward to recapping that. We did that. pretty good. It was, it was good. You know, We were just a little above 500 when we started. We hunkered down. And we really committed to making picks that we liked, and, and we did a pretty good job, and Spread, do you see who's winning the Dallas game? Yeah, I see that. They went from down 11 to plus 5. How about that? I should have live bet them when I was sitting there. Is it here. plus 5? Okay. Yeah, yeah 50, you are a little ahead of 56, me. 56 You know what the funniest part about this scope on Friday is I was so scared of taking all those road favorites or all the road teams, all the road underdogs. And, <laughs> you know, I log on the chat at about four, uh, 4 or 5 o'clock and everyone's like, these home teams aren't doing anything tonight. And I'm like, thank God I chose the right the right night to go for all the road teams. So that was definitely a lot of fun. Hopefully we can have another good result like we did last week. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate the support. Please follow us on Twitter at NetworthPod. We would love a rating, a review on whatever app you're using to listen. And always reach out to us any single time. You can find me on Twitter at underscore noob spread at spread a stare. And have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers.